In this episode, we explore Gemini season and some of the other astrological shifts, including Venus's entry into Taurus, Vesta's movement into Pisces, and the upcoming Gemini new moon. This is a time to integrate the eclipse and expand through the wings of our butterfly medicine. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome back to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. As always, it is a pleasure and a gift to have you as a part of this community. Yes, you coming forth to take the time to listen, to circle up this way, and to dive in deep because this is a, a deep journey that we go on in these episodes. If you're attracted to star stones and stories. I know that you're a person who in some way, shape, or form is wholeheartedly committed to a path of conscious cosmic evolution in these times. 
And for that, that is a gift. That is a gift to you. That is a gift to your lineage. That is a gift to the planet. So I want to acknowledge that. And if you're new here, I just want to say welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here with us in this tribe, in this community. Thank you. Thank you for for diving in with us. I want to say that these podcasts are very much astrological journeys in some way, shape, or form. And we are all learning astrology together. This is the language of the Aquarian Age. And it is part of the reason why I devote my sacred time and attention to crafting these podcasts in a good way. I'm purposely speaking to and with the realm of astrology at different levels. There may be terms and things that you may not always understand, and I invite you to really hang with it and not try to understand every single element, to let whatever perhaps feels too confusing or heady just to wash over you, and know and trust that you are still receiving so much, and that most importantly, you're welcome here. I really believe we are at such an integral time on the planet and astrology really can help us. And we need people out there who are becoming more and more sophisticated in their understanding of astrology. So that's part of the reason why I have crafted this podcast and I I have the endurance to keep it going. And endurance is really a theme right now. We're coming out of this Beltana fairy eclipse portal, as I podcasted about in episode 50, and we've experienced the partial solar eclipse, the Taurus new moon, which was quite potent. And then we've experienced this past Sunday, Monday's Scorpio total lunar eclipse full moon. And I think so many of us are still orienting ourselves from that blood moon and everything that's washing away with it. And that brings us front and center to this very now moment to enter into Gemini season. As I'm recording this episode 52, you are a hologram for the collective, which has been part of the mission and vision of Star Stones and Stories is to awaken each one of you and myself included in that to stay attuned to the truth that we are a hologram for the collective. Everything we do on the daily, especially behind closed doors, when we think no one's watching or when we're just, you know, making our way through our neighborhood and our local community, every single moment impacts the greater collective, the greater consciousness of the earth. And I think it's important to embrace that in these times because with the rise of technology and how fast news can spread about whatever conflict is going on at any pocket of the planet at any moment in time and space, things can feel very immense and very much out of hand. And each one of us has this ability to really craft social change through how we show up in our daily lives. The more presence we show up with and the greater compassion, then we're really, we're really here for it. And that's what's most important. We are about to enter into Gemini season, which is a lovely time of year. 
representing the twins, light, dark, yin, yang, masculine, feminine. This is a time of duality, of honoring the fact that if we really want to step into unity consciousness, becoming polarized does not serve anyone. In fact, opening our minds, opening our consciousness, being curious, being witty, being playful, being like that jester at court, being willing to entertain ideas that might be very much against your philosophy, and doing so to really want to learn and want to explore what others are perceiving and what their experiences are. This is pretty radical for 2022. (laughs) Who would have thought it? But it is. I was taking a walk in my neighborhood this morning. There were these two women walking behind me. One had her dog and they were talking extremely loud. And one woman was saying to her friend, I'm just so over the rules. I just, I want to break all the rules. And I'm trying to remember what she said after. It was just this moment where I was like, that's Saturn and Uranus talking to one another all out of her mouth. Because we, you know, in 2021, we had the square between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus. And there's this desire on some level to really break the mold. And yet there's also this desire to kind of police people and tell them, you know, what is ethically right and wrong. So it's a it's an interesting time to be human because the truth is so many of us have different value systems and what is ethically right for one person is not going to be someone else's truth. And so how do we hold a wheel of diversity and really make space for that and be curious about why someone has the value perspective that they do? Throughout 2022, we still are somewhat in that square between Saturn in Aquarius and Uranus in Taurus. It's not currently activated by degree. However, Saturn will soon be going retrograde. That degree of activation will get triggered again, and it's still kind of lingering on some level. There's a desire to clear out the old paradigms and build anew, and many of us are very thirsty for this architecture of the new earth. We're also responsible for doing the deep inner work, which is why that endurance is so important. We are in a trajectory of massive transformation that is not going to be complete in a year or two. As I share in these podcasts, it's like we're running a marathon. So endurance is part of the name of the game. It's very, very important. And it's important to have practices that feed us, that feed our nervous systems, to feel inspired about life, to want to create beauty and harmony in the ways that we're called to and to celebrate life and to enjoy, to have joy, to seek pleasure. And over the next couple of weeks, we have some opportunities to really immerse ourselves in that. So as we come deeper into this Gemini season, people are going to have a lot more to express and to communicate. And that being said, 
as we enter in, Mercury is retrograde and will be in the shadow of retrograde for almost the entire time the sun is in Gemini for 2022. We also have the moment that the sun moves into, ingresses into Gemini. We have the sun and Mercury and Black Moon Lilith all conjunct. And as I mentioned, Mercury is retrograde, Black Moon Lilith and Gemini at times can be suppressed. It can be a suppression of the voice if there is that victim consciousness or the tyrant energy can be overpowering other people's thoughts or communication styles. Therefore, I believe this is going to be an interesting Gemini season in the sense that I think that we're really asked to go deep within, especially as we are reflecting upon the Scorpio lunar eclipse. We're really asked to go deep within and to notice how are we communicating to ourselves? How do we internally speak? What are the words we use in communication with others? How are we sharing our thoughts and our ideas with others? That's going to be really essential to note because as Gemini is all about the intellect and the mind and our thoughts and invokes archetypes like the scribe, the writer, the storyteller, the messenger, it's important that we're clear about what our message is. We are promoting our message 24-7, but especially when we're out and about and communicating with others. We're basically promoting what we value and what we message by the speech we use, the spells we speak, the words we weave. With this particular Gemini season, I haven't seen one quite like this in a while because we are coming off the heels of that eclipse and Mercury is retrograde in Gemini and then goes back into Taurus and then direct again in Taurus and moves through Gemini until June 19th. That will be when Mercury officially clears the shadow. This is a very key time to be deep, deep within. Gemini has an emphasis on working with the hands, on our communication, our language development, how we can be curious, friendly, open-minded, open to learning, this ability to have fun, to be adaptable, to be social, to be playful, to be that eternal child, to be quite almost like the fool in tarot. Simultaneously, Gemini can connect to Coyote and the trickster archetype. This is a time of really being on our toes in a a fun, lighthearted way. How can you invoke some more pleasure and play and be willing to just jump outside of your box? The question for each one of you is, what are you expressing in these times? What's your story and how are you transmitting it to others? So this Gemini season is a particular Gemini season to explore that and play with it and be really curious to take time to write, to journal, to make art, to reflect internally before you're out in the world so much expressing that reflection. There's so much energy that we're still making sense out of from the eclipse that we went through, that scorpion tail 
which was very, very powerful. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mercury, Hermes, Thoth, Tehuti, the messenger god. The mind-soul connection that teaches one how to navigate the realms of spirit and matter. Mercury quite often carries more of a neutral energy that is not really feminine or masculine. However, as we look to the archetype of Thoth, Tehuti, we really have like a, a very masculine archetype there. And Mercury governs our thinking, our logic, our intelligence, our communication, our language, that which can be proved by the five senses, building a bridge between the conscious and the unconscious minds, integrating what we are aware of and what is operating deep within the hidden depths of the psyche. Therefore, Mercury is the the psychopomp, the guide that takes us into the liminal spaces, the hidden spaces, much like Hecate, the beautiful goddess that also has deep, deep roots into ancient Greek life and culture. And this draws us even deeper into the ancient Egyptian cosmology where both Isis, goddess of 10,000 names, and Tehuti were the two psychopomps that moved freely between the realms to assist the world of humanity and the realm of the gods, the Netaru. Thoth, the, the scribe, the creator of hieroglyphs and astrology and astronomy, the bridge in so many ways between the humans and the gods. As we look to the sky, the planet Mercury takes one year to transit all of the signs and shifts retrograde about three or four times each year. Mercury retrogrades are very powerful portals of great, great transformation and rebirth and realization. And as this episode is being recorded, we are in the midst of a Mercury retrograde as Gemini season begins. So this is, as I mentioned, it's a, it's a very liminal Gemini season. There is much to be discovered from deep within the psyche. The zodiac sign of Gemini also has a deep connection to butterfly medicine. Ted Andrews wrote about butterfly medicine as a symbol of transmutation and the dance of joy. This is a totem of great transformation and the ability to shapeshift. There is a direct correlation between the realm of the fae and the little people, the contumble and butterflies. As one may observe the butterfly moving from one flower to another, there is an urge to remember to lighten up that this life is a dance, and ultimately through the beauty way, we are able to find pleasure in the dance. Life is full of ebbs and flows, and as we consider the great art and science of astrology, this is an art and science of time, how one tracks time, the patterns of space and time, and keeps these records. It is a liminal art and science that is so beautiful and exquisite. As we track these portals that we move through time and space, we come to understand that 
lightness, and dark are both necessary aspects in our journeys. And butterfly medicine in the call to lighten up urges us to anchor more and more into the sweetness and that ability to find pleasure in the dance, even in the challenging aspects of the dance. There is sweetness in the nectar that is achieved through the very act of the dance, through the very act of the struggle, the internal struggle where we think we meet our edge and we are ready to collapse and completely give up. And that is usually the point where we have just broken through one of the most important layers and we actually have so much more energy available to us. Athletes understand this measure of endurance. And as we journey through eclipse seasons and retrograde portals, our endurance is tested for sure. Our faith is tested and our ability to stay connected to our creativity is tested. The dance is the ultimate honoring of the polarities of life and Gemini season. And so we're going to revisit this process of metamorphosis that we experienced together in Star Stones and Stories many, many moons ago, in fact, almost two full years ago. The process of metamorphosis, as again given by Ted Andrews, is that there are four distinct phases that are also represented through the four cardinal directions. The four cardinal directions are the anchor points on the wheel of time, the wheel of life, and so many sacred practices utilize this wheel of time, this wheel of life as these cardinal directions anchor us in time and space. They're extremely important for the art and science of astrology and for so many lineages and medicine work. And so we come to the egg This is the fertilization process where we give birth to an idea, much like the season of winter solstice. The egg, we could say, lives within the gate of the north, as this is the space that is connected to the solstice point of winter. And at the egg, it is also on one level like the new moon itself. We have an idea, perhaps many ideas, many seeds of possibility that we wish to craft and create here on planet Earth. And this is a time of honoring these sacred dreams and really tending to them in a loving and caring way, knowing that, yes, some will come all the way through the space stages of metamorphosis, and some may not. And being that sacred uh, keeper of the dream and honoring all aspects and really nurturing from a great place of nourishment is key for this stage. 
Then we come to the larva. The larva is the egg that becomes the caterpillar. There is a strengthening of the intention. There's a solidification of the foundation, a shaping of the clay that, again, is much like the season of the spring equinox. And spring equinox brings us to the gate of the east, the element of air. This direction and gate, solar gate of equinox, equal day, equal night, also connects to the first quarter moon, a time where as that intention becomes strengthened and as the foundation becomes solidified, there's also an awareness of all of the potential obstacles. And so there is a need to also draw in to the core to really swell up the frequency from the core to create great, great protection for these living, breathing prayers within this egg, this larva that will become the caterpillar. And from here, we come to the chrysalis. This is a cocoon that is woven around itself by the caterpillar. It A mummy-like pupa forms, even though it seems like life has come to a standstill. There may become a passivity in the creative process, and it is from this new light that there is a birth, much like summer solstice itself. Summer solstice coming to the space of the south and the element of fire, the zenith of the sun, when there becomes that revelation of how far one has journeyed from the seeds of potential. And from here comes the winged insect, the rebirth, the journey of going within to birth anew where the wings represent the flight of the dream, much like fall equinox, the gate of equal dark and equal light, the gate of Mabon that brings us to the west and the element of water, and the third and the last quarter moon. And so we come to this stage of Real realization and rebirth. There is harvest, there is great awareness, and there is the ability to give thanks, to give gratitude for the metamorphosis. With that, I wish to extend to you and ask you, where are you in your journey of transformation? How are you integrating this past eclipse season from that partial solar eclipse in Taurus with the Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Pisces soon after, to the total lunar eclipse in Scorpio, with the Mars-Neptune conjunction in Pisces just a couple of days after. We have been traversing a very significant eclipse journey portal, this Beltana fairy eclipse portal, And here in this time and space, 
We are coming to a pause of reflection and renewal and regeneration. And in turn, we are emerging into this Gemini season with the direct invitation for each one of you to really consider the journey of the butterfly, the process of metamorphosis, and which distinct phase are you at within your life. Of course, depending on what part of our life we're considering, whether it's our intimate relationships, our career, our connection to our identities, our health, our wellness, our connection to our children or our family of origins, our ancestors, our connection to the earth herself, or our hopes and dreams for the future and our tribe, our community. It's going to vary for each one of us because we might be in different stages in different areas of our lives. However, I really invite you to consider what stage of metamorphosis are you in as a whole at this time of your life as we are finding our way, meandering our way out of this Beltana fairy eclipse portal. As we experienced the Scorpio full moon lunar eclipse, that squared Saturn just after that eclipse on Wednesday of this week, Mars and Neptune married in Pisces. And we've been on this journey, this Neptunian journey all spring as we had the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in mid-April. Then Venus and Jupiter met up just after the solar eclipse, and this week Mars and Neptune have met up, and they're still conjunct. Mars is currently separating, and we've been heavily, heavily washed out on so many levels with this Neptune in Pisces. I mean, it's very oceanic. It's very dreamy. In some ways, it's very heavy. It is hard to lift a finger at times. And there's a lot of illusion and delusion. One of the things we could say that we're seeing in pop culture is the uh, trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I'm not really attuned to it too much. However, there are a few things I like to watch on YouTube. And every time I go onto YouTube, they are trying to get me to tune into this trial. And I find that really fascinating. I have admittedly watched a couple of clips like what my takeaway is, is just how much mental illness there is in our world at large right now, particularly, particularly in American culture, and how American culture has really glorified Hollywood. Hollywood is like the American monarchy, and it's like this desirable place where people want to attain the status and this, you know, ability to be seen for their creativity, but also their wealth and the power that comes with that. And yet it 
there there are people who come out of Hollywood that are very healthy mentally, physically, spiritually. I would say they're few and far between. Having lived in Los Angeles for a number of years and worked for a number of people and just been around that world, witnessed quite a lot. And then what we see portrayed in the media. And I realize like what we see portrayed and what is actually happening behind closed doors can be very different, right? But one of the clips that I listened to, which actually inspired me to want to talk about this, is like a literal audio clip between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. The way that they're both speaking to one another, what I really want to speak to is the patterns of mental illness in American culture, particularly, and the amount of drug abuse and alcohol abuse and how prevalent it is. I mean, This is how people really celebrate in this culture is by getting wasted. And it is socially acceptable to be wasted. Even in spiritual communities, it is socially acceptable to work with very strong plant medicinals regularly. And I know that it's not popular to go against that. And I realize as I'm saying that, I might have people who are like, I'm out. I'm not going to listen to this woman speak anymore. But I want to be real with you all. We've got to look at this with Neptune and Pisces. Neptune has been in Pisces since 2012. What Neptune and Pisces has asked us to do more than anything is to see the forest through the trees, to have clarity of mind. If you are giving the clarity of your consciousness to another being, I don't care if it is a credit card, a clothing brand, a kind of alcohol, a plant medicine, whatever it is, if you're giving your consciousness to something else, that is an addiction. And there are many, many addictions out there in the world. I witnessed in LA, I saw people addicted to their green juice. You know, I mean, we can be addicted to some of the most healthy, beautiful things. It's it's that attachment that comes like thinking that you have to have that thing to be in the world in a certain way. And yeah, people can get addicted to their practice. So it can come in many forms. That is where we get into the mind and the neurotic kind of powers of the mind. And that's where it gets really Neptunian. And ultimately, no one else on the planet can can tell you like what your limit is, what is best for your mind, your psyche, your personality, your health, your like spiritual growth and evolution. And I want to be clear, that is so key. Like that's why each one of us, it is important we develop our own unique spiritual practice, we find something that works for us and we rhythmically honor it. And we also live balanced lives, right? Like we have to take care of all parts of the zodiacal wheel, so to speak. You must know your identity and who you are and on some level what your purpose is. For many of us, that can be a lifelong journey to really discover what our purpose is, but we're, we're on a trajectory of some sort. 
You must tend to your finances on some level, your possessions. How do you take care of your things? How do you express yourself? How do you live in community and and with your neighbors? And what what do you share and what do you learn from others? And then how do you connect to the land and to the earth and your subconscious mind and your family of origin and your ancestors? How do you connect to your children and the creative projects that you birth and your creativity and your pleasure in general? How do you connect to your service and your health and those daily rhythms that support you and your work in the world? And how do you relate to others and show up for them while also staying true to your own unique purpose? How do you share energy with others, particularly the unseen energies, the power and control dynamics? Do you give your power away? Do you inadvertently take power from others? Are you conscious of this wielding of power? Are you completely oblivious? Are you guilted into things by others? Or do you really hold your sovereignty and your own alignment? And how do you connect to your greater beliefs and religion and spirituality and higher education and philosophy and ultimately your higher self? How does that journey allow you to create your greater work in the world to really deliver your soul's purpose and craft accomplishments and attract social recognition that you can be proud of and also interact with authority in the world? And how do you work with groups in general and collective mind and your hopes and dreams for the future? And as you know the answers to these, then you're able to merge more and more with that collective unconsciousness, with your own inner psyche, your own inner landscape that then attunes to the greater mind of all that is, that subconscious hidden mind of all that is. And that is that realm of Neptune. So it's it's quite a journey. And with Neptune and Pisces, this is it's a long, distant journey that we're on here. As I mentioned, it's been since 2012. And each one of us has that hologram for the collective. The greatest way we can contribute to the collective mental illness is by taking care of our own mental health and wellness and our own spiritual health and wellness and our own emotional health and wellness. And only we can really do that work for ourselves. The Scorpio lunar eclipse, I believe, showed each one of us where our shadow is most active And shadow work is such a buzzword these days. I mean, we hear it left and right. What is most key is that there's an integration of whatever it is we're learning, that we can apply it where the rubber meets the road. If our lives and our relationships aren't shifting, then the rubber hasn't fully met the road. And sometimes certain relationships just aren't ever going to shift because it takes two to tango and it takes two to elevate. And that is why I think for many of us in the last 
two years particularly, but three, four, five years, there have been such radical dynamic shifts in our relationships because so many of us are rapidly shifting and growing and evolving. And then some people are not ready to take those leaps and bounds. And so we have to reorient ourselves and we're like magnetically, frequentially attracted to the people who are doing that collective cosmic evolutionary work. And it's very exciting. And I think we're continuing to find one another more and more to really align with our tribe. I see it with some of the beautiful emails and messages I hear about this podcast and just people sharing their reflections and synchronicities. They're so lovely and so touching for me to receive those messages. It helps me really lean into even more just this desire to really show up for you all and utilize my voice because I know how deeply connected we are through these times. So I want to just take a moment and while I'm thinking about it, invite you all to leave a review on the Apple podcast app. If you use an iPhone, please take a moment, leave a review of the podcast, regardless of how you listen. Just think of like a couple of friends who might be interested and share this with them or make a post on social media Whatever it is, it it means so much to spread the word. The organic word of mouth is still the number one form of sharing our message with each other in this world. And we don't want to forget that. I just want to say thank you to the amazing people who came out for the Scorpio full flower moon eclipse meditation journey. There were so many beautiful people and we really stayed together a good portion, stuck it out all the way until 3 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And I was so touched by the caliber of how people came together and the field that was held. I know that we really did some beautiful heavy lifting for ourselves, for our lineages, and ultimately for the collective at large. That Scorpio eclipse was truly clearing out what we could say 26,000 year cycles that go all the way back to these mythological times of Atlantis and Lemuria and timelines where distortions have been laid in to confuse the masses and to make us fearful as humans of fully stepping in and embracing our power. We have this opportunity over the next six months until the next eclipse portal, that Samhain eclipse portal, which is going to be so massively potent. I can already feel it and we're still in belting. (laughs) It's six months out and I can already feel this eclipse, fall Samhain eclipse gate that is coming. And it's really just going to be threaded to what we've experienced. We have the Scorpio new moon partial solar eclipse on October 25th, and that's going to be conjunct Venus and Scorpio. And just about 
three days prior, Venus starts this whole new Venus star cycle in Libra in her home sign. And then we go into eclipse season. So it's it's a real interesting shift of frequency. And then on November 8th, we have the lunar Taurus eclipse. That's a full moon conjunct Uranus and Taurus. And during that eclipse, Mercury and the sun and Venus are all going to be conjunct in Scorpio. The best way we can prepare for this upcoming eclipse portal, I know some of you might be like, why is she talking about this? Like, (laughs) we've just completed one and we're already talking about the next. Yes, we are, because these eclipses are always threaded together and There's a special amplification this year because the Scorpio-Taurus axis is so much about the physical body and our embodiment practices and our ability to go deep, deep, deep within our psyches and to penetrate into the hidden, into the darkness, into the shadow, to integrate, right? It's like we do this work to integrate it to become more whole, to align with our true potential, to connect in to our true source of power that lives within each one of us, our own unique identity, our own well of creativity, our limitless potential that each one of us carries our own unique conceptual blueprint that no one else will have. You have your own essence. I have my own essence. When we can live in a world where we can really celebrate each other and their unique essence, then we are living in harmony and we are honoring that frequency of duality, of Gemini, of the lovers, This is the year of the lovers, and Gemini is connected to the lover's card and the tarot. And the lovers, some tarot readers will translate the lover's card as like, oh, romantic union is coming, your soulmate is coming, your twin flame is coming. Guess what? You are your own twin flame. (laughs) You don't have to go looking anywhere. It, It was you all along. Yeah, you might have like a beloved person out there too. I'm not saying like we're not meant to pair up. I do think there's something to be said about how many mammals do mate for life. And I think a lot of humans do well when they mate for life. I think that's really beautiful. And I think that the relationships that thrive the most are those where individuals come together committed to that path of doing their own deep work and each person is showing up in that way as we dive into this concept of hieroscamos where you honor your own inner divine feminine and you honor your own inner divine masculine and as each of those parts of you can really live within their polarity, within their darkness and light and their yin frequency and their yang frequency, that creates true love from deep within. That creates 
so much confidence and security, spiritual maturity, and presence. That deep, deep presence, limitless prosperity. That is our connection to source consciousness, ultimately. Gemini season is deep. As we look to the silver gate of man around 27 degrees, Gemini, which opposes the golden gate of God on the galactic center, we can understand that this mythological concept that as humans, the human soul comes to earth, they have to pass through the golden gate of God and trail through, sail through the silver gate of man to land here, Earthside. We are finding ourselves with the moon waning as on Sunday, May 22nd, we come to the last quarter moon at 2.43 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Also on that Sunday, Mercury retrograde enters back into the sign of Taurus. So the moon and Mercury are also squaring. As we come to the last quarter moon phase, it's really a time to reflect deeply on this most memorable, potent eclipse portal and all that we have received, transmitted, broadcasted. I hope you've taken some field notes. (laughs) If you have not, I encourage you to get your paper and pen out and to start to do so. Write down your dreams, write down your thoughts, write down whatever you can capture. I know that so much is happening so fast and it's good to capture what you can to reflect upon so you can be clear on the changes where you're standing post-eclipse. Your value system might have been tweaked a little bit and it would be good to get in tune with what is your current value system? What are you standing for on earth in these times? How do you want to spend your sacred time and attention moving forward? And then adjusting these parts, these areas of your life, this wheel of the zodiac, to reflect that as much as you can humanly do. On Tuesday, May 24th, Vesta enters into the sign of Pisces, bringing that devotional frequency to these watery collective realms of expansion and art and mysticism and creativity. And on that day, Mars enters Aries. I think it's going to be a pretty palpable shift as Mars will be fully out of that Pisces energy and we're really going to be able to take some action forward. It has been really challenging with Mars and Pisces and all of these varying conjunctions with Neptune in Pisces. And now that Mars and Jupiter are going to be in Aries, I encourage you to utilize however you feel inspired to move projects and visions and dreams and aspirations forward. Move them forward as you're able to. On Saturday, May 28th, Venus enters her home sign of Taurus. That is going to be a beautiful gateway for all of us as 
Venus is asking us again to anchor into our values, to work with our hands, to get grounded, to be in nature more, to connect to the earth, to bake, cook, work with pottery, paint, draw, sew dresses, mend socks, tinker with wood or whatever you're called to do with your hands and really build something or dance through the challenges of your life using whatever obstacles are perceived to be there as opportunities to create more art and beauty in the world. The day after on Sunday, May 29th, I am hosting the Gemini Dark Moon Gathering and invite you to come and circle up if you live in Appalachia and you are a woman. We will be meeting from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. This will be my last offering while before I am traveling abroad on pilgrimage. And it's going to be a beautiful one for that, I'm sure of. And that brings us the following day on Monday, May 30th, to the Gemini new moon. This new moon is at 9 degrees, 3 Archimedes Gemini, and is exact at 7.30 a.m. on Monday, moon day. It's an interesting new moon, as we know that Mercury is retrograde. Mercury is the ruler of Gemini. When I cast this chart for Washington, D.C., which I choose to do because I live in the United States and this is the capital of the country, so much of the planets are in the upper portion. They're very, they're very much in their collective kind of stance. This is a lunar cycle where we are asked to be focused on some level or another on the collective mind while simultaneously really attuned to our own inner landscape, our own psyches, as the sun and moon meet up in the 12th house. Mercury's retrograde, which is very liminal. So there's a liminal quality with this new moon and this entire lunar cycle. I think there's a lot of transformation and realization that can be occurred as we come closer and closer to summer solstice, the zenith of the sun. The sun and the moon in Gemini in that jester, playful role of duality and butterfly medicine are squaring Juno in Pisces. Squaring that which we're married to when it comes to the higher self, the higher mind, our internal landscape and our higher self have to meet up on some level. So this new moon brings us an opportunity to see where the growth edge is for us to experience that. Mercury, the ruler of the sun and moon in this chart, are very active. Mercury is very active, like making all sorts of aspects to to Mars and Aries and Jupiter and Aries, Chiron and Aries, Neptune in Pisces, Juno in Pisces, Ceres 
in Cancer and the nodes of fate. And so because Mercury is so activated, again, we know there's a lot of stimulation around our communication, but ultimately it's our it's our psyche as well because Mercury is still retrograde. This moon, what I wanted to say is this chart when cast for DC is ruled by the moon. And so that emphasizes that 12th house connection as well. As we look to 10 degrees Gemini, the Sabian symbol for this is an airplane performing a nosedive, the superior ability to challenge nature and play with danger. This is all about accepting how gravity holds us together. To challenge gravity is to pierce beyond the physical and to reach higher realms of existence, to touch into other elementals, perhaps even. The star sparks is a young woman notices the handsome man has fangs. This speaks to how once the dark shadow is seen, you have to, it's like you can't not see it, you know, it's there. There's no avoiding it. You can try and avoid it, but it's still there. To pierce the veil demands subtle skills. When you do work with these powers and stay with them, at every turn of the road, the dark side turns out to be the fastest way to clear everything you've taken on. Meaning that we can attempt to avoid the shadow, our shadow, for as long as we'd like. And eventually, at some point, we have to face it head on and walk through it. And quite often, when we walk through it, it feels pretty amazing on the other side because not only have we been through a journey with grit, we know ourselves and we know our endurance and our powers and our abilities in ways we had never met before. We also quite often develop deeper sensations of compassion and intimacy and empathy and care and concern for others. Meanwhile, we also develop that for ourselves And so we tend to be more loving because we tend to have better boundaries as well. With this 10 degrees of Gemini, there is a sensation of crisis on some level. And the affirmation to work with this new moon is, I am prepared to respond to any emergency. You know how to work with the pace of modern life and how to calm anxiety. You know that your constant strength of character supports others to soar through life's ups and downs. As each one of us is a hologram for the collective, we may tap into the truth, the reality that the entrepreneurial spirit is becoming more and more alive in this deepening within the Aquarian age, meaning each one of us is an artist. We are a co-creator. We are a creative being. And 
We need each one of you to be living your sacred Dharma art on the daily. It is essential. Uranus and Taurus keeps reminding us as we are architecting this new earth to find ways to radically come back to the earth, to come back to nature, to come back to the elements. The stones of the earth are the bones of the earth, and they help us to come home to Mother Earth, the seat of the self, the lovers, the ability to connect into the divine feminine and the divine masculine frequencies that live within each one of us, the Alpha and the Omega. This is the throne of true sovereign consciousness. You, only you can crown yourself to come sit on your throne to rest within the dwelling space of sovereignty. And with that, may you continue to integrate this most potent Beltana fairy eclipse portal. May you and your lineage thrive in these times, and may you also take good rest and nourishment when needed. May there be peace to the east, may there be peace to the south, may there be peace to the west and peace to the north, peace within the heart of Mother Earth, and peace all around and abound within the cosmos, threading back deep, deep within your heart of hearts. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. Please take a moment to turn off your phone, any other electronic devices, to close your door and come and lie down or sit quietly in a space that feels comfortable, taking perhaps a sip of water, whatever you need to settle into the space to be present, to find center, to find relaxation. Take some long, deep breaths as you settle in a little bit more, perhaps moving throughout the body, shifting here and there, finding that perfect equilibrium, that still point as you come fully rested into this now moment, dropping away all thoughts, letting the mind find ease, beginning to imagine that this cascade of the most pure holy water is rushing over your body so elegantly, so gently. As the water moves through your body, literally through the cells of your being, you are cleansed and washed pure in this time and this space. All fears, all concerns, all disease is washed away with the water that literally goes through every part of who you are deep into your essence, restoring you here and now. And just continue to allow that water to rush through you, 
around you, grounding you, anchoring you, purifying you, so that you become more and more relaxed here and now, feeling more and more in your true essence. And you begin to notice that you're floating on your back in this vast ocean and you just allow yourself to bob in the water feeling completely at ease the sun feels so good the the rays of the sun are just the perfect amount of heat to make you feel even more and more relaxed and yet there's not a part of you that has any fear around your skin being harmed or burned, you just feel so at ease in this water, just bobbing with the waves, moving here and there. And you begin to move so free that you don't even notice, but somehow it's like you've fallen asleep and you wake up and you're lying in the sand and the sun is setting the most beautiful rich sunset so many shades of pink and purple and blue and orange and yellow like the entire rainbow has appeared in the colors of the sunset and as you stand up and dust yourself off, you find yourself wearing the most elegant outfit. You're not even sure where it's come from, but you just feel so at peace and so whole. And you look to the west, to the setting sun, and then you look to the other side of you and you see this large, large step pyramid and you just feel this really fierce sensation to begin to climb it so you do you begin to walk step by step going up this pyramid and with each step that you take you reflect on your life you reflect on some of the most significant moments of your life that somehow bring you all the way back to childhood. You reflect on your lineage and the ancestors in your lineage that it, you can feel them all around you as you're walking up step by step. And as you walk, you turn every once in a while to look at the sun setting further and further until it's completely disappeared and the sky becomes darker and darker. And as the sky becomes darker and darker, more and more stars appear. So many stars, it's like a carpet of stars above your head and you're just in complete utter amazement as you walk step by step going up step by step 
And as you move, so many visions begin to come through you. You're not sure if they are yours or your ancestors or who they may be, who they may belong to. However, you just have the most rich imagery coming to life within your consciousness as you continue to walk step by step. And you find yourself just looking, the your jaw is like almost at the bottom of the pyramid, the base of the pyramid with awe at how many stars and the Milky Way is just dancing so beautifully. The stars, it's like they're alive. And you feel this magnetic pull to the stars as you continue to walk step by step up so close to the very top. And as you're walking, you feel this magnetic pull and it is vibrating within every cell of your being. You feel so alive. And you reach the top of this pyramid and you sit at the top cross-legged and you close your eyes and immediately you find yourself journeying through the stars, swimming almost, flying almost, moving through time and space, journeying where you are filled with this pure starry consciousness, full remembrance of who you are and who you've always been. You remember, you remember everything and these tears of pure joy slowly move down the cheeks of your face at this remembrance of the beauty of creation. And you continue to journey, finding your source of origin in the multiverse. And you continue to journey now, feeling as if you're coming closer and closer back to earth. And as you do, you see the transformation of star to human and the agreement to forget these starry origins and you begin to cry more tears at this forgetting knowing that you too will forget how interconnected and how awe-inspiring all of creation truly is and you find yourself 
consciously aware of your physical body again, seated at the top of this pyramid, and you feel a presence. You feel a presence behind you. This being seated, it is a full presence. However, it is not a physical body. And you stay seated and you tap into this energy, realizing that this is your ka. This is your energy double, seated here behind you, supporting you, so radiant and so strong and balancing the duality of who you are. And you allow your spine to sit up a little taller and you allow yourself to sink a little bit back to be supported by this magnificent force that is you. You in your complete wholeness. You in your complete divinity. You dancing like Aung San Wahe Guru, a trillion, 30 trillion cells dancing with this pure divinity pulsating and you begin to feel you and your ka merging as one through your spines and you begin to feel the swirling going in a clockwise and a counterclockwise direction multifold and you begin to see through your inner eye all forms of sacred geometry and you begin to see the cells of who you are radiating with this ancient primal wisdom and you feel the sacred breath of life you draw the sacred breath of life in and you give thanks you give thanks for this
Ramadasa Sa Se So Hung Sa Ta Na Ma Ra Ma Da Sa Sa Se So Hung Sa Ta Na Ma Ra Ma Da Sa Sa Se So Hung Sa Ta Na Ma Ra Ma Da Sa Sa Se So Hung I'd like to share this prayer with you to close our circle. Prayer for stability. I stand today and for all times as a wise and loving adult in this world. I trust myself and I trust in the goodness in all hearts. I hold love and stability in this world and fashion my life accordingly. I honor and respect those who may be fearful and recognize that many are still young. I will live with my eyes, ears, and heart open. I will build the life I came to build. And so it is. Dive in with me at earthseedtemplearts.com and you can follow me on Instagram at earthseedtemplearts. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.